0: Brooklyn. Tune in
1: and cry it out with me, DJ Susie. Hey Doctor. 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 Hey, Doctor. hey Doctor. Really was a little he was a little niffed that the security guard moved him away from his beautiful sitting spot. And he's become a, a bit of a meme over the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. stuff floating around of him sitting now on the Golden Gate Bridge and various other locales. What's a meme? I've, I've heard it. It's it spelled it, it, M-E-M-E. Yes, it's an image that people use on, uh, on the internet. They, and it's called a meme? meme yeah. See, i It's it used was, over and over in various different permutations. I've been mispronouncing it for like months can't
2: fool myself, I don't want nobody else to ever love me. You are my shining star, my guiding light, my love, that I see. There's not a minute, hour, day, or night that I don't love you. You're at the top of my list, cause I'm always thinking of you. I still remember in the days when. swimming. That's when you opened up your heart and you told me to come Oh, my love A thousand kisses from you is never enough. I just don't want to stop. Come on, swing.
3: We, we thought we were beyond racism, and we, there was a lot of ironic racism amongst a lot of alt-comedy, a lot of Gen X, because we thought, well, we're beyond it, we can make fun of it, and we didn't realize we were actually mapping out a blueprint for a lot of the alt-right people and a lot of the edge lords to use for them to go, I'm just being ironic. It's like, no, no,
1: you actually mean this. It does seem like the span between tragedy coming across the iPhone and partisan response is getting down to mere seconds.
2: Why? When 19 children die, 19 children die. That's on
1: your hands. Obviously, no no matter what your partisan perspective is, reacts in the same way when seeing this sort of thing. When are we going to do something? Exploit this situation for partisan advantage. It was so grotesque. I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. unsurprising, but also really disappointing to watch. There's 50 senators right now who refuse to vote on H.R. 8, which is a background check rule that the House passed a couple years ago. It's been sitting there for two years. It was in connection with some of the hypocrisy of standing for the national anthem and, and how it coincided with the moment of silence and how those two things didn't sync up well for me. Why not do that? There are public policy aspects to events like this or the one yes. in Buffalo. So if you want to talk about that, that's fine. And there's a reason they won't vote on it, to hold on to power. Wait a little bit of time. So I ask you, Mitch McConnell, I ask all of you senators who refuse to do anything about the violence and school shootings and supermarket shootings, I ask you, are you going to put your own desire for power ahead of the lives of of our children. They don't wait at all because they want to exploit those emotions that they could be using to unite people to instead work them to their own advantage. It's so ghoulish and grotesque to lie. And I want every person here, every person listening to this, to think about your own child or grandchild. It really is. People have died and we owe them the respect of restraint. That's how I feel about all death. Uh, And I know you agree. This stuff just drains people's humanity. It's just awful. You realize that 90% of Americans Regardless of political party, want background check, universal background check. Ninety percent of us, we are being held hostage by fifty senators in Washington who refuse to even put it to a vote, despite what we, the American people, want. Glenn Greenwald, thank you for your description of that. Thanks, Tucker. They won't vote on it because they want to hold on to their own power. It's pathetic. Had enough.
3: low t broadcast booth in sunny blue sky bushwick brooklyn i'm john reed aka johnny jumpsuit aka luke warm <laughs> and you're listening to race to the bottom baby Da, 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 da. My opening monologue, as always, is brought to you by Winslow Tea, and I'm drinking it right now. I'm going to polish this off.
2: Mm. Uh,
3: literally, and there's another drop in there. Yep, just like I suspected. Literally good until the last drop. Thank you, as always, to Winslow Tea for sponsoring. This and every opening monologue and uh, you, dear listener, can hashtag your uh, listening experience or tea drinking experience with hashtag how you know, and that way you can steep into the conversation. Hit us up on social, on truth social, on discord, on uh, discord records, buy some Fugazi and mail it to us. You can get your Winslow for here or to stay. Now, I want to put this on the table for for uh, for folks out there. Growing up as a young boy and and a medium-sized boy and and a uh, big boy. Um, I can't replay the mashup. Jay, you gotta gotta get here on time. I've been telling my students my my students come late to class, and they walk in and they say, "I'm sorry, Mister Reed, I'm sorry I was late." I say that's disruptive. Just give me a, a little wave. You don't have to apologize. See, you're you're disruptive, freaking deacon. Um, I'll tell you what's in the mashup, and then you can listen to it on on, uh, on repeat on Wednesday in the archive. A lot of good stuff on the archive. Oh, by the way, uh, Jay, freaking Deacon, let's just do this now. Are you available uh, to come on the show um, either July 9th or July 30th? I want to get you back on the show. Yeah, so growing up, In the South. I grew up in in Norfolk, Virginia. Which, people in Norfolk, Virginia wouldn't even really say they're from the South. Norfolk is like less the South than Richmond, Virginia, which is to the North of it. (laughs) It's crazy, guys. But I digress. People at at restaurant establishments yes, they're called restaurant establishments, used to say, or they probably still say, do you want that for here or to go? Right? You want that for here or to go? When I moved to New York City, and I think this holds true for a lot of the Northeast, people say, do you want that to stay or to go? Am I am I uh, wrong about this? Let me know. Well, either one, Jay, you let me know. I just let you know which which wouldn't we're scheduling this live on air. Can anybody back me up on this? Oh, uh, my mom says there's so many people in the military in in Norfolk, Virginia. It makes it less Southern. Yeah, it's more cosmopolitan. Good old cosmopolitan Norfolk, Virginia. Um, But am I wrong about the to stay or to go or for here or to go based on region? I don't know, but I do know it was in that mashup. Uh, We heard from Marky Mark, Good Vibrations, but just the part where he said, come on, swing it, come on, swing it. And I wonder if if um, if they ever swung it. I think he might be referring to uh, New Jack Swing. Um and Merriam-Webster defines, and kids always do this in essays, when you get them to write an essay on, on like a concept, Merriam-Webster de- defines uh, New Jack Swing as pop music usually performed by black musicians that combines elements of jazz, funk, rap, and rhythm and blues. All right, Jay Clarkson com- coming on July 30th. Mark your calendars. So I think Marky Mark was referring to New Jack Swing when he said, come on, swing it. And uh, I know he wasn't referring to the swinging that he did in, in Boogie Nights. Which, you know, is very strange uh, thing about uh, Marky Mark and Boogie Nights. He he, per- he uh, performed as Dirk Diggler. um in that movie. One of my all-time favorite movies. Um, But he does not uh, recognize that movie anymore. He is, um, he's a Christian man and um, Mark Wahlberg and he he disowns Boogie Nights. He's more of a Jay Clarkson, have you seen the new Marky Mark one? Pastor Stew, or whatever it's called. Might be inspiring for you. Freaking Deacon. Also, um, Burt Reynolds, you know, was was in Boogie Nights. Burt Reynolds hated Boogie Nights. Uh, but people thought it was going to be like his comeback movie, a la... Quentin Tarantino and Pulp Fiction, but, but, um, yeah, re- reportedly Burt Reynolds hated Paul Thomas Anderson, hated the experience of working on Boogie Nights and kind of disowned that. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about, uh, listener Tim in a second. This is, a uh, BHS, not VHS. Why didn't you call it VHS? Listener Tim. Be back in one moment. And um, my apologies. Yeah, that you can hear that AC, can't you? It's hot up in here, but I feel like. Can you hear that? Can somebody let me know if they can hear the AC? I don't. I, it's more important for for uh, the sound quality. I'll, I'll forego the AC. I apologize to everyone. I I did put some uh, Tucker Carlson and this other uh, right wing grifter into the mashup. And I did that to kind of set up this argument. These, these guys on, on the Tucker show were concerned trolling about... We gotta wait. We can't... Can't hear it. Alright. I'm turning it on. Thank you, research team. Tucker and this other guy were concerned trolling about... Oh, you can't you can't politicize these shootings. You got to take some time. And I'll tell you what, guys, if God forbid I'm I'm ever uh, if I ever die in in gun violence, um, please politicize my death immediately. Do not wait. <laughs> do not clap Do not. Uh, what is it? Don't. Pass go. Don't collect two hundred dollars. What are they saying, Monopoly? We heard. Uh, so we we heard some from from some people who I felt like were effectively politicizing the tragedies of the past couple weeks. We heard from a, this dude from some group, Indivisible, getting in Tucker Car. No, not in Tucker Carlson's face. Somebody. There was a guy in Montana who got in his face. That was pretty cool. Um, No. Getting in Ted Cruz's face. In Houston at a sushi bar. After Ted Cruz gave his speech to uh, the NRA. That wasn't political. Talk at the NRA right after uh, (laughs) what happened in Uvalde. We heard from Steve Kerr who uh, really went hard during his his interview uh, before the Warriors game. Shout out to, to Steve Kerr, although I still don't support the, the, the Golden State Warriors because I think it's disgusting how Steph Curry chooses mouth guard when he's on the free throw line. And we heard from uh, Gabe Kapler, manager of the of the Giants. It's gross when Steph Curry chooses mouth guard. Gross, kind of like my allergies. I've been getting allergies, guys. First time in my life where I'm I'm outside in New York. Anybody else? Just. Having first-time allergy sufferers. It's rough. We heard from Gloria Estefan. With the rhythm is gonna get you. I used to hate Gloria Estefan as a kid. But then the rhythm got me. And uh, over that we heard a little bit of Pat Oswalt talking about the... the insidious irony uh, that comedians did with their ironic racism and kind of alt comedy and how they created a pathway pathway for for people like Gavin McGinnis and those type of folks that's stuff we've covered with Seth Simons and John Field I'd say I'd say just shut shut down uh standups just shut the whole thing down Uh, we heard from Ameri- the uh, breakdown to American Girl, uh, Tom Petty's jam. like that breakdown. But but the, the song American Girl reminds me of Michelle Bachman. You remember her? That was her. I think Tom Petty gave her a cease and desist because she used uh, that song for her campaign stomps. Stops or stomps? We heard from Aisha, another bad uh, creation. The um, the little uh, the boy band that um, Belle Biv DeVoe tried to start unsuccessfully. They did Ayesha and they did uh, I Missed the Bus. Those were their two uh, jams. And then I guess that was more New Jack Swing coming at you. A lot of 90s in the mashup. Uh, I, you know, I, I, we're on mashup 105, and I tried not to ever repeat anything in the mashup. So it's interesting, like what, what songs do I do I know that's still that's I still haven't said I, I got to put that in the mashup, and maybe uh, there's just this backlog of '90s stuff because. You know, that's a big, uh, like it or not, a big decade of my life. You know, it's my, it's my milieu. And that reminds me of something I was thinking about yesterday. I had the song uh, "Natty Dread" by Bob Marley in my head. Bob Marley. This song. Listen to a second of this. I I used to listen to Bob Marley and I I would uh, I'm a lyrics person and I would decipher his lyrics I got a book on Rastafarianism I got a book on Bob Marley I was like am I gonna am I gonna dread up my hair and become a a Rasta I never could quite do it and now now I listen to the lyrics and, and uh I think I've talked about this Steven Slack who's been on the show b- before pointed out that you know we think uh, Christian Rock is is so silly but then like in a way in a way like how's it different when Bob Marley just sings about religion the whole time But then I thought yesterday it just his he gave him something to sing about. Let's give Bob Marley something to sing about, right? <laughs> As Bonnie Raitt said, maybe uh, you got people who are really adept with melody, but they don't know what to write songs about. But man, if Bob Marley didn't have a a whole world to to explore in his songs. G- gave him stuff to, to uh, scribble lyrics about right how's that for a theory replacement theory no we heard from Luther Vandross with uh, never too much I think I'm gonna get really into it that sounds so good Gonna get really into Luther Vandross. Is it Vandross or Vandross? I was looking up uh, about Luther Vandross's life. He was a backup singer. He got a start as a backup singer for David Bowie. We talked about David Bowie last week. I said some disparaging things. No, not really. I just I have a hard time getting into it and I still have the homework. I know listener Tim and listener Chris both told me what I need to listen to that's on my on my list oh and I was going to mention when I brought up uh, Gabe Kapler manager of the San Francisco Giants a, a west coast baseball team the the Mets, the New York Mets, who are the official baseball team of Race to the Bottom, are in the uh, in the West for like a two week road trip. They're playing the the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. They lost last night and they lost the night before. Sad, but the games are so late. Start at 10. I've uh, been watching like the first inning and then going to bed. But but I have one thing to say to the Mets. And that's, let's go! I went to... Um, last week after the show, I went to... I went out with a friend. And uh, we. my friend is really into... Uh, into Champions League soccer, I think it's called. And Liverpool was playing Real Madrid. I don't know anything about this, but he's super into it. And he said, come and watch the game. I said, all right, teach me about soccer. And uh, man, my friend... and. And, you know, if he's listening, if he's listening, it would be a miracle because I've told him about the show for three years. Um, but, uh, but my dear friend, I, I, lo- I love you, but it was a very intense, it was very intense in- into this soccer game. And he kept pounding on the on the bar and screaming, let's go and I've, t- I've talked before on, on the program about how I'm not into the let's go scream. You got to put up a, a, a noun or something after let's go, let's go Brandon. Right. Um, but I said we would, uh, I would give a shout out to listener Tim who we heard is his song BHS earlier. And, uh, Shout out to Tim because his uh, Tim's son is in the uh, in the finals in his little league team, and uh, and is Tim at the game? He might even be uh, at the game right now coaching. He's coaching his son, and if that's the case, uh, Tim, you know, uh, best of best of luck, and let's go. Um, but if you're listening to the show, Tim, what's the name of your of your uh, son's baseball team? Because I think they're the official Little League team of Race to the Bottom. We've got to f- figure that out. And then we wrapped up the mashup with uh, what's a meme, uh, Keith Hernandez, asking Gary Cohen that question. Um, they were playing in Colorado, home of listener Tim and his son's baseball team. And... Um, there was this guy Ellie rodriguez who was who was sitting out um in the outfield where they've got these pine trees at the colorado Rockies stadium he was sitting in like a beach chair out there and then they've he's it's, it's become a meme they're they're putting him all over the place uh golden gate bridge wherever keith hernandez wanted to know what's a meme and I don't know what what one is, but maybe we'll figure that out today. Now I know what a meme is, but um, I do also know who our guests are, and they are sitting in front of me, and I'm going to uh, bring them in. First of all, do you can you hear? Uh, you have headphones. Yeah, turn your headphones? Up. headphones. I maybe I maybe here. Um. So this has been a long time coming. We've been we've been talking about doing this. Um. So after me, you guys know you all stay tuned for for Crime Talk BK, and uh, we have we're doing something fun today. We've got the uh, the hosts of Crime Talk BK are here, and then I'm going to be on Crime Talk BK. It's like back in the day when they they used to do this with sitcoms where like. Uh, you know, Mork and Mindy would be on Happy Days, and then it comes to cast of Happy Days would be on Mork and Mindy. That was in Colorado, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. So, we're gonna do something like that today. Um, still no headphones, I got headphones, yeah, because got yeah, I gotta introduce, introduce you. So, on mic three, do we have Megan? Yes, oh. Perfect. You sound great. How's it going? It's good. How are you? Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Mm-hmm. And then on mic four, right, we've got Joanna.
4: Hello. Hey. I can't count. I always assume that I'm on mic one because I'm clearly the most important person <laughs> in the room.
3: Well, that you, you might be right about I that. I usually
4: am on mic one, though. That's, oh, yeah. That's <laughs> to be true. Fair. That's actually that's true. <laughs> true.
3: So, um, how's it going?
4: It's good, just enjoying um, the beginning of summer. And, yeah. You know, I have to say, I kind of like that rainstorm the other day where it was like the heavens opened and God's wrath descended upon New York.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, my cat got very cuddly for 10 minutes.
3: Nice. <laughs> how, how are you, Megan?
0: I'm doing great. Um, this is my first official week doing fully remote work at home. Nice. So it's nice to, you know, leave the block. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: It's good. Good. Yeah. Are you getting a lot of the Coney Island people coming your way since it's the start of the summer officially? Uh, I haven't.
0: I'm going to the beach tomorrow. I can. I can. Um, but I went to Coney Island last weekend for drinks on Sunday. Okay. To Ruby's Bar and Grill on the boardwalk. Mm hmm. It was packed.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. People are getting out in the world. Yeah. Plus
0: yeah. You know, this weather is outstanding. Yeah. Mm hmm.
3: It's not too hot today.
4: Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went hiking last weekend, and I realized that we are in fact on an island. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to. For- I know you don't forget, Megan, because you live by the water. <laughs> um, are you? Do you live in Bushwick, John?
3: No, I live. I live by the water in Long Island City.
4: Wow, well, nice. I'm the only landlocked one here.
3: So you you figured how did you you went on a hike in in
4: uh, uh, we were, it was like uh, alongside the Palisades. Oh, okay, And yeah. So I was just like, oh, there's the river. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were up near West Point.
3: The Hudson River, yeah, up there. it's pretty up there. Yeah, yeah.
4: I uh, I almost stepped on a snake. That was exciting. I peed in the woods. Nice. Wow,
0: real adventure.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I was very impressed. I got a Girl Scout badge for that. <laughs>
3: What's the girl? What? How? What's the design of that Girl Scout badge?
4: <laughs> it's just like someone wiping their forehead, like "Thank God I don't have to pee anymore." <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Did Ashland make that? I pee? never.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's on a leaf. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I've never gotten that that badge before. Um, and Megan, you li- you live uh, where? Down on Coding Island, I s- I presume. Brighton Beach. Brighton right ne- Beach, right next door. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's good. Hanging with the Russians. Yes. It, pro nice. Ukraine though. They're all yeah. pro Ukraine. Really? Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Uh-huh.
3: Nice. Yeah. Good for them. It is good. Um, so we're we're here finally. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about doing this for for a while. I we did a some I had you out for did a freestyle show back in the day
4: where That I think was before Megan was even a co host.
0: No, Megan was
3: there. Oh.
4: Yeah, I did. Back in the old in the old
0: studio. Yeah. yeah. We you had me and um Kent Kent.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That was a th- a three a three way uh, crossover. Uh, crossover.
4: Yeah. Oh, I do remember that where, one. That where, K- was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Where Kent was uh, from from Mothers of Connection, <laughs> which you guys just listened to, I'm sure. Uh, you know, uh, before me, mm-hmm. two hours of Frank Zappa. Who who isn't listening to that whole thing? You know,
0: it's
3: a good show. I'm playing with Kent. <laughs> um. But, but, yeah, so here here we are, and, and we've got we've got stuff to talk about, but I wanted to just be filled in first of all on the what's the history of of crime talk bk because I've never gotten the full lowdown
4: uh well, uh, you, you started it, yeah, it started with um my friend Pat Hillsman, who ran a politics comedy podcast called the apoclecast mm-hmm. um the show <laughs> it was a little cursed maybe um we're just like, so? the the it was like a skit show where the premise was kind of like making fun of alex jones oh, and so nice. we kind of uh,
0: material.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and so we kind of invented q before q became a thing and then once uh, trump's presidency started gaining steam actually the show got way less funny yeah because people are like oh man like you know the world is fucked when the apocalypse is predicting the future mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but he, he was at radio free brooklyn he uh actually was a host when uh radio free brooklyn was still in the basement of a bike shop
3: i've heard about that yeah
4: he was like one of the like founding shows and so um I
3: heard that was a very damp studio.
4: Yeah, I I think I like went past it once and it was very scary and I did not go inside. Mm-hmm. It was like not I'm I'm glad that we moved. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what introduced me to Radio Free Brooklyn and uh like his show was fun, but I just really wanted to do news. Yeah. And at the time I was going to grad school, um, for investigative reporting and I was very interested in crime and criminal justice.
2: Mm
4: -hmm. Uh, and I was also like specializing in radio. And so then, um, when I graduated and definitively did not get a job in radio, (laughs) I thought that this would be a good way for me to, you know, stay in the studio and then also like find a community like Radio Free Brooklyn is amazing. I've made so many friends, Mm uh, But you know what? After doing, like, five or six shows completely by myself, I decided it was time for a co-host. Like, nobody is funny enough to just have an hour of themselves every week for infinity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And so (laughs) I held, like, interviews. Wow. Yeah. And asked Megan to be my co-host. She
0: put up a thing on our shared Murderino Facebook group Mm -hmm. asking if somebody would be interested so i gave her a wave and she called me at my office we did a phone interview
3: can you um can you recreate the phone interview god it was-
4: i was like so megan you understand legal things right yes ma'am <laughs> all right you're hired <laughs> excellent
3: nice and and you all you, you've been going what four years I
4: think so. It's been a while. Like, I was surprised at how long it's been. Yeah, it was, I think it was it's like since 2018.
3: Wow. And yeah.
4: then I've been doing the show since 20, maybe 2017. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because I, I came, you 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 both were, were you know, v- veterans by the time I I got here. Yeah. You knew exactly what, you know, knew which way was up. I yeah. knew which button Down.
0: not to press. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the only rule you have yeah. to remember. <laughs> yep.
3: Yeah. And then we made it through the 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 pandemic.
0: We did. I did kind of enjoy doing pre records for a while because mm-hmm. we could go on and just you know ad, ad nauseum on a thing, and then just cut out yeah. stuff that we didn't want to include.
4: Yeah, our recording started being like an hour and a half long. Yep. That's but... a lot of
3: editing, though. Who does the editing?
4: We switched off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh I have to say that I love the energy of being in the studio. Like I do too. Uh, I grew up in Houston, which is close to NASA. Mm-hmm. And my parent my dad's a scientist, my parents would take me. And I would like enter a room, even one that wasn't necessarily like an interesting part of the tour that people are really into, and I would run and just press all the buttons. <laughs> oh. And so, being in the studio for me is like kid in a candy store. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
3: Mission Control, right? Yeah,
4: kind of is.
3: Um,
4: I like it because you, it's
0: the the facial expressions, the body language—you can yeah. read each other. Yeah, a lot better when you're in person.
3: I've started doing uh, the my when I have guests on the phone. I've been having them go on Zoom because I can't. Speaking of the, the facial expressions, we tend to talk over one another if it's just on the phone. But if I, we can see one another, we can gesticulate.
0: That is true. Yeah. We should start doing that.
4: <laughs> yeah, I guess we should. I'm I, just so lazy. Yeah.
3: And if I, I know. And it's like after going through all the Zoom stuff to create a Zoom, it just feels like just call me on the phone. But
4: I yeah. think. Uh, I mean, I,
0: do, I already call you through Skype. So if you can just open the Skype, we can use my personal
3: account yeah you do it on 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 this on this one probably pretty easy as long
4: as we can do it on the studio laptop i refuse to bring mine anymore (laughs) yeah Yeah. no i'm
0: not asking you to do extra work
4: (laughs) yeah all right we can try your skype
0: right here
3: i think you can do it i think i think you can do that (laughs) so
4: john you have to come on our next show so that you can be my like tech coach yeah yeah i can (laughs) do that i'm joking uh, but I have to say, is that your show is so well produced? It oh, is. thank you. Whenever I listen to it, I'm just like, "Oh yes, like we could sound like that." I am an avid One day. listener. Yeah, I'm an avid listener.
3: <laughs> what uh, what's wh- what specifically is well produced? What was that you feel like you you because I I probably could tell you how to do it.
4: Well, you have a good speaking voice. Thank you. And uh, you're able to maintain the flow of the conversation well but you also add little elements into it so for example you had the music that was layered under your monologue a mm-hmm. little bit and it was just like just the right type of music and it seems that you're very thoughtful with how you approach like the structure of your show which i mean i don't know like my my day job is i work in tv so stuff like that i can appreciate when other people do <laughs> but then when i try to do it myself i'm just like too much energy. Do you,
3: do you all have a um, a doc or a shared doc or, or notes, or you just kind of go go for it?
0: We just um, each pull our own stuff, yeah. and just go back and forth, yeah. Um, or we, or if there's something, you know, some big issue that we both want to talk about, we'll do just that one topic. Mm-hmm. But we don't have any sort of, we have zero structure. just yeah. to be perfectly frank.
3: Well, it doesn't feel like that when I listen.
4: Yeah, thanks.
3: Um,
4: It's because we're so enmeshed in the true crime world. mm -hmm. And it's funny, though, because we um, primarily get our news from New York Post and Daily News. They have a really great like Metro section. Yeah.
0: Oh, and Courthouse News.
4: Yeah, and Courthouse News. And so we're reading the same headlines, even if it's not a story that we picked.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And
4: so every now and then I'll be like, Megan, did you see that really punny headline Mm -hmm. in the New York Post about like the alligator that stole a cupcake yeah and she'll be like oh my goodness did I (laughs) yeah yeah
3: um so I wanted to ask you all speaking of crime um our mayor recently said he's never seen crime like this in New York
0: well then he hasn't been in New York very long yeah
3: well but he has right so I'm not sure exactly why he would say that um you know so I guess you're you're beating me to the punch. I, f- I feel like there's this idea that, that crime is is up in the city, and I guess over the past four years, comparatively, it's been a little up, but compared to, like, 70s, 80s, 90s, it's nowhere near, right?
4: That is correct. Uh, Mary Adams is full of shit. Uh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I think every now and then he says something, and I'm like, ah, oh, yes, former cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean... I, I think politically, it's to his advantage to say that crime is up because it gives him like a very clear target to fix. Yeah, and he already has such strong ties with the NYPD, and I think that he even created um, like a uh, a group to go after guns on the streets and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, and so I honestly think that part of this is it's an easy to- it's an easy talking point with a very clear fix that he can just immediately push to people. Um, But I mean, like, compared to like a year or two ago, crime is up. So people probably are noticing that more as the lockdown Mm -hmm. stops. And Megan, I know that you really looked into the data.
0: Yeah, I pulled some data. I'm just waiting for it to load. Uh, Just these stats. um, Okay, my PDF viewer isn't working. Um, These stats came from April. And it did say that robberies, uh, violent assaults. Um, shootings uh, were all up across Mm -hmm. the board. Murders were down. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's up from 2020 and 2019. Mm -hmm. But if you go back to, say, when Giuliani was mayor, they're lower. Yeah, yeah. Which is when I moved
4: here. It's much lower. Much lower. Uh, uh, We have 81% fewer murders than we did in 1990. Yeah. 80% fewer. Yeah. So this is not the bad old days. Don't believe them. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: To to your point, Joanna, I see what you're saying, that it could be in a way politically advantageous for him to say that. But then at some point it stops being because that's how he got elected but then once he's mayor if he continues to say how dangerous and unsafe the city is that just is going to reflect back on him right and i don't think it's an e- the easiest fix as well uh for him to you know say that you, cuz you throw more cops at the situation we see how that doesn't necessarily m- make things any better could make make them worse in some ways
0: um I would also like to say that only twenty eight percent of New Yorkers actually voted in the mayoral election, yes. so that is one of the reasons he got elected mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted um, Maya Wiley. Wiley, yeah, I really like her. Um, but you know, the whole the whole world is at this talking point of you know, crime is up, yeah, and um, and I think that you know. Voters in particular need to just
4: really pay attention to what's going on. Voters need to pay attention to the numbers because um, we're maybe veering towards a, quote, post-truth world (laughs) in (laughs) America. Mm -hmm. Veering towards? (laughs) We might have fallen off the cliff. And uh, so from that perspective, if a politician pushes a message um, but maintains the status quo and then suddenly changes the the message, people, I think... I think many people are more inclined to pay attention to the message and not necessarily look at the situation. So, for example, two relatively easy things that Giuliani... uh, Ooh. (laughs) That's a slip. I like Adams more than Giuliani. Uh,
0: (laughs) Barely. A few
4: things that Adams can do that would make him seem more um, like he's tackling this is, um, of course, he already has... That he kind of like recommissioned these groups of cops to like be on the streets in neighborhoods. The and... plainclothes squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Are they still plainclothes?
0: I think so. I, th- I think they have to still, you know, they have to have a badge with them, but they're still they're plainclothes. They were really problematic.
4: Yeah, and they the a- were actually mm-hmm. gotten rid of under um, De Blasio, and then and then why do I keep calling him Giuliani? Eric Adams just swung back and reinstated them. Mm-hmm. So there's that, which I'm sure is making some folks happy. And then also there's a bail bonds reform a few years ago that has been pretty controversial. So if Adams is able to through political sway, walk any of that back, then he has some pretty solid talking points for being tough on crime. Even if the numbers are similar to what they now, and what the numbers that they are now are like not bad except for hate crimes, but that's like a different
0: That's a whole different level. We're not. Mm -hmm. I'm not. We're not. I know you don't address that right now.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Um,
4: What do you think, John?
3: Well, I, I I agree with with the 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 kind of post fact the 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 use of of kind of cherry picking data to kind of support your point. I mean, he could almost use the data now to then flip it and say, look. Crimes, you know, the, the same data that he used to, to, uh, you know, usher himself into office, he could use to, to say that crime is, is not a problem. Also, I feel like we live in a world where like anecdotes have so much, have almost more power than facts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you, it is, I mean, first, as speaking as someone who, who, you know, takes a subway, you, you, you do notice, you know, I could call out the, the few times that I've I've seen pretty insane things on the subway since <laughs> yeah. the pandemic and say, oh, my God, well, you know, but but then I just that stuff probably happened before the pandemic, but I just wasn't focusing on it because it wasn't part of the narrative. You know, you you have these anecdotes and you fit them into a narrative that doesn't isn't doesn't um, isn't bared out by the facts, right?
4: But speaking of the pandemic, um, and I was reading about how uh, this current fairly tense and stressful situation that we're in can affect people's like sense of safety. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have the pandemic, which we're now coming out of, and our social structure has really shifted. Mm -hmm. So there's like a potential that people are feeling just maybe generally more uneasy around other people or... They're, as you're saying, like noticing things that they might not notice before, which is giving them like the perception mm-hmm. that there's more crime and there's undoubtedly more crime than there was when we were under lockdown and nobody was out, mm-hmm. you know. But if you reached like five years ago, you know, like crime is similar slash maybe even gone down a lot of ways. Um But also there's a lot of economic instability. Yeah. So there are going to be more crimes of despair. Mm hmm. And, uh, which goes back to this whole, you know, we're seeing upticks in like larceny. Yeah. So, um, I do think that, you know, like with inflation, (laughs) it's such a buzzword. I feel like I always want to (laughs) like slap people when I'm listening to talking heads and they start talking about inflation, Mm -hmm. but that really does affect like how people, um, like view their own like safety.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I also think that, um, no, along with that, there's the the um, supply chain issues that are still happening baby formula and even Mm -hmm. though yeah baby (laughs) so unfortunate and then also too um i know that everybody's like employment is down which it it is it's below four percent which is yeah crazy it hasn't been like that um since you know my favorite president was, was in office but um there's still a lot of joblessness yeah and lack of opportunity, yeah, in certain neighborhoods.
3: Because if you stop looking for a job, you're not counted in, in, the, in yeah. the unemployment statistics. Oh,
0: that's so irritating! Right? It's really irritating. They should have a specific number for "I've stopped looking yeah. for work." Yeah,
4: right. And then not even to mention housing costs, mm-hmm. right? Which is huge. You know, I mean, uh, we are lightly considering moving. Uh, We want, like, a quieter place. Mm -hmm. Uh, It turns out living on a block with three bars is not conducive to being in your 30s, for (laughs) me at least. Oh, I was going to (laughs) say. You want to (laughs) swap? And uh, we have been priced out of places that a few years ago would have been very comfortable for us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, we are, you know, like, double-income white-collar workers and so it's like there's a whole lot of people who make less than we do. Yeah. And they like need places to live and they need jobs and, you know, like a, a steady income too.
3: I wonder with the whole narrative that, that like, um, the super pro cop kind of backlash that I feel like, you know, you, you had the protests and you had the defund and, and movements and, um, And then you had this narrative of of the increase and people even tried to tie it to like the reason that there's crime is because people are talking about defund, which is, you know, complete BS. But then you have people that are being elected um, by giving this kind of Blue Lives Matter, uh, you know, screed. But then in New York with the with the two subway shootings and the fact that the cops weren't able to do anything to interdict these people and that they basically turned themselves in mm-hmm. on both occasions. I wonder if that computes in, in people's equations at all or if that just doesn't fit into their anecdotes or, or you know I
4: think it does for some people, although I think a stronger example would be that um, school shooting yeah. in Texas mm-hmm. Uh, where the police were standing outside for almost an hour uh, before federal agents burst in and were able to handle the situation. Uh, But I have been uh, reading that, at least in Texas, like some people who were, I would say, agnostic about politics, like you're not going to get an NRA member, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, But those folks were saying that they're really reconsidering how they view law enforcement because uh, at this point, law enforcement is like about protecting property. It's about protecting themselves. Yeah. And there is like no legal obligation. It's like settled, um, settled in court precedent mm-hmm. uh, that police do not actually have an obligation to protect you.
0: Even though it's written on the side of their car.
4: <laughs> yeah, even though. And that is from, that was a decision that was like from the 80s or 90s. Yeah, I think it was the 90s. Yeah, yeah. I,
3: I saw people referring to that uh, the, over the past week or two. Um, so let's keep this conversation going. We have. Uh, but we're going to s- kind of switch chairs here. If you're listening to this on your computer, you can download the app for your uh, phone. It works great. Uh, you can go and donate. If if you like what you're hearing, Uh Click the green donate button. You can check out all the different shows that we have, some like 70 shows. Uh, sign up for the newsletter while you're there. Um, and... Uh if you're listening to this on the in the archive uh toggle on over to Crime Talk BK and uh check them out if you're listening live stay tuned because we have a uh, uh, much more show um in our crossover episode and um while we switch over I'm going to play some Donny Hathaway and Roberta Flack. The closer I get to you um, and next week on the show we have Ben Feinberg, my old uh, anthropology professor uh, coming on to talk about the Mexican Revolution. Hey. That's cool. Yeah. Um, All right. Talk to you all in a second. Let
0: me grab...